Amen, amen. Well, we are journeying through the book of John. We're almost done, just a couple more weeks. Uh, but what we're doing is we're reading some scripture each week. So if you're able to and comfortable, would you just stand? Uh, as well as if you're watching uh, online, if you just stand in your own home. I know it might seem a little weird, but just do it. Uh, on your couch, wherever you are at home, I see you. Go ahead. Yeah, good job. Standing. I see you back there. Uh, let's read uh, John 17. When Jesus had spoken these words, this is uh, at the, the last... Uh, right for the Last Supper, and be right before he gets betrayed. So he's probably on his way, or perhaps maybe he's even in the garden already, getting ready to be arrested. When Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that the Son may glorify you. Since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything that you have given me is from you. For I have given them the words that you gave me, and they have received them and have come to know in truth that I came from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I am praying for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. And I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I have guarded them, and not one of them has been lost except the son of destruction." that the scripture may be fulfilled. But now I'm coming to you in these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I've given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in your truth. Your word is truth. As you've sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world, And for your sake, I consecrate myself, that they may also be sanctified in truth. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one even as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you love me. Father, I desire that they also, whom you have given me, may be with me where I am to see my glory that you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you, and these know that you have sent me. I made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. Would you stay standing as we just pray one more time? Jesus, we thank you for John 17. We thank you that John wrote down these words of yours, that we get a little peek into your heart on the night before you were betrayed. God, that you, you prayed for your disciples and you prayed for us. That's just so amazing. So Jesus, I just pray right now that all those in the room, all those watching online, God, that they would just feel your, your peace and your presence. God, they receive from your word what, what they need to receive. 
Thank you, Jesus, just for bringing us together, the opportunity to worship. Thank you for the opportunity to serve last week and to pray. Thank you that you are here with us. In your name we pray. Amen. You can take a seat. Being a parent is both exhilarating and exhausting. Can I get an amen? Mostly exhausting, but it is both. I love being a parent, and we've got four kids now, and, uh, you know, life is great, and it gets a little crazy. Uh, and then what's great is the sun always goes down, and bedtime, those little monsters, you put them down, at, you know, and sometimes bedtime is easy, sometimes it's hard, amen? And uh, one of the things I love is when the kids finally do settle down, and you either, you know, maybe read them some stories, um, or, or maybe you tell them stories. It's funny, Kristen and I have a, have a running joke about, you know, who's the better storyteller. Uh, Kristen is, is uh, very basic in her storytelling skills. <laughs> and so I'm always trying to teach her, because this is who I am, like, come on, babe, you got to have character who wants something, who overcomes conflict to get it. That's how you tell a bedtime story. And so I kind of have a bedtime story that I tell my kids, and we're up to like four different chapters, and I'll start over and retell those stories, uh, and they are in them. And it's kind of a mix of, I take a little bit of Star Wars, a little Harry Potter, uh, a little Chronicles of Narnia, kind of mix it all together for them. We have knights and castles in Voldemort, who as stormtroopers, and it's an awesome story. Uh, the kids love this, and they have a four-wheeler who transforms into the Millennium Falcon. It's, it's awesome. Um, but there's something about those stories that move us. Like, why do we love still, what, 20 years later, uh, the stories of, of Harry Potter? You know, why Chronicles of Narnia? You know, why the Lord of the Rings, the Amazon is spending like a bazillion dollars to uh, put together a uh, uh, TV show right now for that? What is it about these stories that we keep coming back to that, that we just, that we love? Why did Frozen make two and a half billion dollars? Yeah, it's, it's got some catchy music, but there's, there's some themes in there. I think a lot of those stories that we, that we love echo the story of our God. You know, why do I love Frozen? I, I really do. Because what's the message of Frozen? That it's not about romantic love. It's about Anna laying down her life for her sister, that greater love has known than this, and he lays down his life for his friend. You know, why do we love the story of the Lord of the Rings? So that someone can carry a burden that we can't carry up a hill to destroy it so that we may be freed from tyranny and oppression. You know, why do we love the story of, of Cinderella? Because we've been locked away by an evil one waiting for our Prince Jesus to come and rescue us and redeem us. Why do we love Harry Potter and Christians? It is not of the devil. I'm sorry, so don't make that your thing. What is the main theme of Harry Potter? The strongest power in the universe is love. That because Harry's mom laid down her life for Harry, he was covered by her blood and protected from the evil one. There's something about those stories. But in all those stories, I kind of joked that the background of every good story is a character who wants something, who overcomes conflict to get it. You can't just have a character who doesn't want anything, have no desires. No one wants to watch that movie. And what they want has to be something good. It can't just be like, you know, the desire to get a better Volvo. Like, no one wants to watch that movie. But we were all designed for mission. And the beautiful thing about John 17 is we get this little peek into the heart and mind of Jesus 
unlike anywhere else in any of the Gospels. Because we get to see him praying on his last night before being betrayed. And he prays for his disciples, but then he prays for all those who will come to know Jesus through their teaching and through their teaching, which means he's praying for us. All those into the future who are going to follow Jesus, we get to hear Jesus praying for us. That's what I love about this chapter. And so why did Jesus endure the cross? Here's what Hebrews 12, 1 through 2 says. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. For the joy set before him endured the cross. See, the result of mission is always joy. See, there's a link between joy and sentness. See, I think some of us, some of you perhaps, your life feels a little dull. Life feels a little unfulfilled. And perhaps that is because you are not living on mission anymore. Or perhaps the mission you're living for is that better Volvo. Perhaps it's just to have well-behaved kids or a cabin up north or just a comfortable lifestyle. But no one wants to watch that movie, right? Like we need something bigger than ourselves, a mission that is set before us that will create joy. See, when we are living for something beyond ourselves, for a greater good, the result of mission is joy. The result of serving people, of giving our time, of giving our resources, of giving our talents is joy. Last Sunday, 75 of us went out and we served our community. What is joyful about pulling dandelions or hanging curtain rods or, you know, whatever else it is that we, we did, painting fences? Those are chores, right? That should just be a drag. But people came back and we, we had a feast of Domino's Pizza after and as we shared stories, you could sense the joy in people because we were living on mission. We were doing something beyond ourselves. We were blessing people. The result of mission is joy. And we look at Jesus, that the joy set before him is what he endured, the cross, scorning its shame, sitting down at the right hand of the Father. And if today you just feel like, ah, life is just a little dull. I work, I go home, I do my workout, and then I crash and watch the best, you know, whatever show I'm watching on Netflix. And it's like, what is the point of it all? Perhaps you need to be living on mission. And here's the thing, church, is that the last year, so much of us, things got shut down because of COVID. And it became harder to live on mission because our government instead of saying we need to physically distance, they said socially distance. And so that one word change, which they made a mistake on, meant that so many people socially distanced. And so they didn't connect in Zoom. They didn't connect on text. They didn't do anything. And we are taught that every person we need to be suspicious of because they could be typhoid Mary and carrying the disease. And so what does that do to a whole society when we look at every other person with suspicion? Man, that just rips us up inside. And now as things open up, I've heard people are, are still scared. I don't know, you know, you're fully vaccinated, but you're still, I'm not sure, you know. But we need to move from this place where we have been in kind of hibernation for last year and move into mission. And the result, I believe, is going to be joy. The joy of the Lord is your strength. 
I believe joy is one of the primary ways that God uses to combat anxiety and depression. And I've been open about this journey. I mean, for the first time in my life, I really experienced anxiety and depression and panic attacks and had to take the month of July off because it just wiped me out. And, and then through medication, through counseling, that helped. And mental health is real. If you're struggling, I'm not saying to go serve someone that's going to solve all those problems. Medication is good. Counseling is good. But perhaps you need to kind of get out of your own little bubble, your own little space, and start living on mission again. I've talked about this analogy before. If you've been around for Mosaic for a while, you've heard this. Review is good, though. Uh, repetition is the motor of learning. Amen? Repetition is the motor of learning. Repetition is the motor of learning. Are you getting it? I actually stole that line from my wife. Don't tell her. Uh, she says that in her corporate training. Uh, but we talk about this. A lot of people, I think, and I, perhaps I think I even grew up this way, think of church like a cruise ship. Out there is the evil world. We've been saved onto our ship, and now we're sailing off, uh, you know, until God raptures us to heaven. Controversial opinion, the single worst thing that ever happened uh, in evangelical Christianity in the last 30 years were the books left behind. Oh, my word, that caused so much damage. <laughs> we're just, this whole idea that we're just here waiting, ah, but God's going to take us away, and now we just got to hide from the world. That is terrible theology, terrible eschatology. Anyways, don't get me started. I read all the books, and I still am haunted by uh, Nikolai Carpathia. Uh, I got my baggage. <laughs> but this is not what we're doing. We aren't just a cruise ship where the staff are the cruise directors and we're going to do some good activities and keep you safe and we're huddled up until God calls us home. We are an aircraft carrier, a battleship. Jesus, he saves us and pulls us out of slavery and bondage and, and what we're living in to enlist us into his service. Jesus is our admiral and on an aircraft carrier, everyone has a mission. Everyone has a role. Now, they have a sick bay. Some of you, maybe you have been harmed by the church. Maybe you're watching online and you've been hurt. Now, one thing I think it's really good, uh, if you have hurts with the church uh, in the past, is to really think through, did the church hurt you or did five people hurt you? Perhaps five awful people at your last church did something that, man, that really you know, uh, made you lose faith in, in, in this institution of, of, of the church and Jesus. But I want to tell you that Jesus loves you. He cares for you. And God's people are imperfect and we make mistakes. And so maybe you're in sick bay and you're healing up, but you can't stay there. Once you're healed, then you're back in action. And, and, and perhaps some of you, you know, you're, you're pilots and you're going to go, you know, launch out and you, and you lead ministries, you know, VBS crews, or, you know, you're going to help plan the next serve day and, and you're, you're leading these different ministries out. Perhaps you're a gunner and that's like prayer support. Every Sunday morning at 930, we gather here out in the lobby to pray. That invitation is open to everyone, whether or not you're a volunteer or not. Come join with us for prayer time at 930. Or when you do our next prayer walk, be one of those gunners and your prayer support for the mission that God is doing. Perhaps your navigation, you're going to serve on the governing team or, or a staff, and, and here's where we're going, and we're plotting out the course on, on how to, to get there. Perhaps your, your job is training. Perhaps your job is cleaning the deck. I don't know. But everyone has a role and a mission on that ship. We're not just here holy up, huddled up. Now, we're still fun. I've, I've seen Top Gun. And they have that volleyball scene, right, ladies? You know, they, they give each other high fives. And the pilots, that's still good. We're going to have fun. 
But we have a mission. We have a role. John 17 gives us a glimpse of the heart of Jesus unlike any other chapter in the four Gospels. We need to listen in as he prays to the Father and as he prays for us. We've been going through the Gospel of John, and I was going to do a recap, but we're getting too long now. So you can do that on your own time. But we've been in here, just a couple quick things. A couple weeks ago, we talked about Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life that no one comes to the Father except through him. But all are invited into that way of Jesus. And then John 15 and Mother's Day, we talked about this. Jesus asks us to abide in him, that he is the vine, that we are the branches, and we can accomplish nothing apart from him. We have to be plugged into Jesus. And we see here that Jesus prays for us. Three things that Jesus prays for us. Number one, that we would be sanctified. In John 17, verse 15 through 17, it says, I do not ask that you take them out of the world, not on a cruise ship, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. What does sanctification mean? That's kind of a, a big theological word. Some churches, they don't like to give you like fancy words like that. I think it's good. Hey, just teach it. Sanctification, it really means kind of two ideas, to make holy, but also to set apart for service. In the same way that when you enlist in the military, you are set apart for a time in some kind of training camp so that you can be trained up to be sent out. In the same way that we sometimes are set apart for service, for discipleship, for growth, but you don't stay there in training camp. Right, guys? That'd be awful. You get then sent out. It's neither isolation, just, hey, stay back in the world, don't let it touch you at all, nor assimilation, which means we look no different than those around us. People should look at us and say, why would you give up your Sunday mornings in Minnesota when it's beautiful, or Sunday evenings this, this year? Uh, why would you do that? What do you mean you give money to your church? How could, what do you mean you don't, you don't spend more than you make? That's not normal. What, what do you mean you have family values that you try to live by? That you set up, you know, date night for you and your wife? What do you mean you don't look at pornography? Everyone does it. It's not isolation. It's not assimilation. But it's mission. We have a mission that God gives us. Jesus prays that we would be sent out. John 17, 18. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. Now we've talked about this. The strength is in the stretch. If you want to go beyond where you currently are, you have to be stretched. If you are working out and exercising Right, Mike, if you're doing CrossFit, you have your personal best, but you are going to stretch yourself to, to go further each time. Now, you may not hit your personal best every single time, right? I mean, I mean Mike does, I don't know. And every week it's onwards and upwards. But God stretches you out of your comfort zone, and then, okay, kind of settle back in. And then you stretch out of your comfort zone, and then come back in. We believe one of our key values here at Mosaic is you always have a next step, never arriving, always journeying. Hey, for me, this spring, you know, uh, I've helped plant churches in Minnesota, Colorado, Wisconsin. God is always stretching me, taking me out of my comfort zone. Uh, you know, it, it would have been easier for us to do a survey, day, just contact some nonprofit and say, how can we send our people to your communities? But I really felt like this time God was asking me to go door to door to our neighbors and say, hey, we normally meet here. How can we serve you? Is it something that we can do? That was stretching me out of my comfort zone. I do not want to be a door-to-door salesman. And man, that is not what I'm called to do, but I'm walking around and I'm knocking on those doors. Hey, 
this feels awkward, but hey, I'm the pastor. We meet right there. And we're not going to meet for two Sundays because bless their hearts, which is awesome. They're doing their musical and there's a dance recital in here. So we said, instead of just doing an online service, which would have been the easy thing to do, we're sending our people out to serve. Is there anything we could do? We have some people in our church who are good at painting or different projects. How can we serve you? Man, that stretched me out of my comfort zone. That's not something that I want to do. Each one of us, if we want to go further, we have to be stretched. Maybe for you, that stretching is simply tonight. It's praying with your spouse for the first time out loud. Maybe your spouse has never heard you pray out loud ever, and that's your stretch. Maybe it's this week, just getting the Bible app and download it onto your phone, and then having them set the reminders for the verse of the day. And before you go to work, you're just going to glance at that one verse each morning. Maybe that's how God is going to stretch you this week. Whatever it is, God wants to stretch you so that you can be sent out and go further. Number three, that we would be unified. That we would be unified. John 17, 20 through 21 says, I do not ask for these only, not just the disciples that are with him right there in the garden, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. That's us. Jesus is praying for you and me right here. That's amazing. That they may be one. That they may all be one. Just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Jesus prays for unity. We've said this again and again, church. The other church down the road is not our enemy. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. We wrestle against racism and, and the spirit of, of capitalism that says, I want to take, take, take all that I can get and greed and busyness. We wrestle against people who are living such pride-filled life. They think they have nothing to, uh, to, to give, that, that they just live for themselves. We wrestle against injustice. We wrestle against uh, so uh, much prescription drug usage that people are, 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 are abusing it. You know, we had 5,000 Minnesotans die of COVID last year, but over 1,000 Minnesotans die of drug overdoses. Are we talking about that? That people are, are, are lonely, that people are feeling they have nothing to live for. It's, we, we have multiple epidemics going on right now. People are abusing substances. The number one thing that, that, that stores can't keep on stock is alcohol right now because people are numbing their pain. And so church, we need to be one. This is why uh, I get together once a month with, with uh, about a dozen other pastors from Maple Grove to pray for each other, to share, to say, hey, we are all one. We made different flavors, you know? Uh, we may dress differently. You know, I don't wear button-ups or... Uh, um, a vest with, with our logo on it, like some pastors do, and they don't wear jean jackets. Like, hey, it's great. We all look different. We might sound different, but we're all part of the kingdom of God, amen? And so that's what we're coming together to say, how can we love and serve Maple Grove? And so on July 25th, we're all getting together at, um, at uh, the Town Green for a night of worship just to proclaim the name of Jesus. You better believe the enemy doesn't want that. It's also gonna be ice cream, which is awesome. But it's going to be our worship team. We've got Matt and, and Kim and, and Josh are going to be up here. And, and Josh also will be drumming. And then the bass player, keyboard player, and worship leader from the Grove. And we're taking our two worship teams together, and we're going to be leading worship. And then next year, it'll be, you know, the worship band from Faithbrook and, and 
praise assembly, uh, life assembly, um, are going to be leading worship together to show that, hey, we're better together. We are one. One of the best ways that we can be one is to pray for each other. You know, if you don't do this, I encourage you, pray for the other Christians in our city. Pray for the other churches. Pray for those who are not followers of Jesus. It's a lot harder to, to hold a grudge, to, to look down on someone when you're not praying for them. Right now, there's a ceasefire. Praise God over in Israel. But I want to encourage you, pray for the Palestinians. Pray for the Jewish people. Pray for the Christians. Pray for the Muslims. Pray for the Jewish. Uh, the secular people, all those. They are all dearly loved by Jesus. Amen. All life has dignity and value and worth. Amen. They're not our enemies. We, Jesus' prayer is that we would be one. He goes on to say, the glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them, even as you loved me. As believers, we need to be unified in Christ and for Christ. We talk about this, that your baptism into Christ is your number one affiliation, more than your political party, more than the college you went to. That if you've been baptized into Christ, you are closer to that brother and sister, whether or not they cheer for the Vikings or the Packers, whether or not they voted for Trump or Biden. Our baptism unifies us into Jesus and we are united for Christ as well. Why does this matter? So that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you loved me, that the world may know. See, church, when the world sees a group of people that are sanctified, that are set apart, that are trained and then sent out and that are unified in mission, they're going to say, what is going on there? Why are they living differently? Not isolation, not assimilation, but living on mission. There's something different there. Why are they serving their neighbors? Why are they financially giving to benefit the poorest of the poor families that go to this school? And those families don't know that money comes from us because we don't need the credit, amen? We want them just to be blessed. Same reason why we didn't put out a bunch of signs for the, the, the homes that we served. It's not about us. It's about the name of Jesus, amen? That the world may know that there's a better way to live you can find forgiveness and healing from your sins. That Jesus died on the cross for us. That God so loved the world that whoever believes in him may not perish, but have everlasting life. You can live with forgiveness and grace. You don't have to be held back by those chains or those old addictions. You can find healing from those wounds, from those relationships that have hurt you. And then we don't just hoard that for ourselves and huddle up on a cruise ship, but God sends us out on mission that the world may know that you sent me. Man. I'm going to invite the band to come up. And I just want to give an opportunity uh, this morning just to respond to the invitation to follow Jesus. If you just close your eyes, bow your head right now. Perhaps you're watching online, perhaps you're here this morning and, and you realize you've never really crossed that line of faith into following Jesus. You, you've admired Jesus, you've, you've 
respected him, but you've never bowed the knee to say, Jesus, I'm giving you my all. If this morning you just feel that tugging on your heart to say, Jesus, I need forgiveness of my sins. I want a purpose to live for. You can just pray this very simple prayer. This isn't the whole conversation you need to have with Jesus, but it's a great place to start. Simply just to pray, Jesus, I give you my life. Jesus, I give you my life. The Bible says that if we confess with our mouth and believe in our hearts that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. If we believe that we are a sinner in need of God's grace, and we believe and trust that Jesus' sacrifice on the cross was enough to cover all our sins, we will be saved and adopted into his family, that Jesus will come in and make his home with us. And when you make that decision to follow Jesus, you don't just become a follower of Jesus, but you get adopted into his family, and we are now brothers and sisters with you. Perhaps this morning, you realize you've never gotten really Facebook official public with following Jesus, and you know that next step of yours is to get baptized. But you've never done that, and it's a little freaky, and you don't understand it. I just want to pray for you right now. God, I pray for those who, who have not gone public and, and been baptized. Maybe they're baptized as babies and they've wrestled with this decision. They weren't sure what their parents would think, but God, I pray that they would know how to have that conversation, that this is a fulfillment of their hope that their parents had for them. And God, that they would take that step to identify with your death, burial, and resurrection to come up out of the water made new and clean as a follower of you, Jesus. God, I pray for those who maybe for the last year have just been sitting on the sidelines who, God, just haven't been in the game. But we believe the strength is in the stretch. And so, God, I pray that you would stretch them to get their hands dirty, to not just talk or think, but to actually do something. God, I thank you for those who are on mission, those who are taking in foster children or adopting kids, who are serving at Cross, who are serving at, at Mobile Hope. God, those who said, hey, we're the kind of family that we go and serve our community on these Mosaic Serve Days. But God, I just pray that you just move and convict each and every one of us to take that next step, whatever that step may be, that we would not be complacent. Stretch us, Jesus. Send us out that the world may know that you are Savior and you are good and you love the world so, so much. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us today. Uh, would you stand with us? We're going to sing one last song. This has been kind of our, our theme song for our, this whole series. It comes from John chapter 3. Uh, and uh, before we do that, just uh, going to receive this overview that you may know that God so, so loves you that he gave his one and only son. Whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Let's go out of here singing this song this morning. <laughs>